Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world, and welcome to the show. I am so grateful that you are here with me today because I have an extremely special guest to share with you today. Someone actually of my namesake, which was kind of fun. Shelly Paxton, as first seen in, as seen in Fast Company, Forbes, CBS, CW, and Thrive Global, is an author, international speaker, and transformational coach. She can best be summed up as a burnout fighter and a fire reigniter who's rebelling for rewriting the traditional script of success, starting with her new book, Soul Batical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. Shelly has spent 26 years as a highly regarded marketing and advertising executive, stewarding some of the world's most iconic brands, including Harley-Davidson, Visa, McDonald's, and AOL, and walked away from it all to launch her own company, Soulbatical, and become the chief soul officer of her own life. Her mission is to liberate the souls of leaders and organizations by inspiring them to realize their greatest purpose and potential. As a certified professional coach, she works with executives at Fortune 100 companies and with fellow rebel soul individuals. I just love that. And entrepreneurs. She holds a marketing degree from Boston College and graduated from IPEC, one of the country's premier coaching certification programs. Paxton has trained with some of the top teachers in the world, including Brene Brown, five times New York Times bestselling author. Shelley, welcome to the show. Thank you, namesake Shelly. That was amazing to hear you read that. I'm like, wait, who is that badass? Thank you. That sounded much better coming out of me. Pretty you. sure it's my guest today. We are just, it. I'm thrilled to have you and my listeners. They've actually got a little bit of a taste knowing that you're coming up because I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. Well, hello, listeners. I'm excited to be with you. Excellent. Now, I mentioned before we got started, we were recording how I just think you are a fantastic storyteller. And I'm going to reiterate that one more time. I really enjoyed the Audible book and uh, in your voice, by the way. So, guys, this book. Shelly tells a great story. She puts you right there with her through her struggle and her pain. And I really just don't think there's really anything better you can bring to someone's life than that relatability. And despite getting into a few questions with you, there was a couple uh, things that were very much in alignment with that I, I found there. I'm just going to mention them now. One of your terms is energy management versus time management. Uh, something I really had to learn to do myself in the last few years. The other one, and I put it in your intro on my Instagram to, to post next week, the shackles of should. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's I my love favorite. that. And one of my business coaches also uses the term, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. And yet, once we leave school and leave our childhood behind, we seem to just want to do, 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 do all mm. the time. Amen to that. that. being, oh. Yeah, so something I have to practice every single day, I remind myself every day you're a human being because I get caught up in the busyness just as much as everybody else does. So got my hand smacked with that one today by my own coach. What is with you in this busy work? I says, he says, this is your life. You are a coach. You are a podcaster. You're an aspiring author. Why do you feel you have this need to just do all the time? I says, 
A-type personality, control freak. It's, a, it's not exactly something you just leave behind when you change careers. That's so true. You can keep working on it though. I'm getting better at creating space and slowing down, but I'll make a little admission here because I so relate to what you're saying. I had to hire a virtual assistant because if my own calendar is left to my own devices, I fill it up from top to bottom yeah. with the doing, doing, doing exactly as you said. So yeah, we're human then that'll lead us right into this. You have some really practical ways to choosing consciousness over crisis. Talk to our listeners about some of those things and, and, and relate it to your own life and story. Uh, your story of leaving Harley and really almost how sick you were that last year, how you were just battling internally. Talk to the readers of our listeners about some of that. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if sharing a little bit of my story as context. So what, what sort of what, you know, was the catalyst for me leaving? So I, like you said, I'd been in corporate America for 26 years. I had super enviable jobs, you know, I was blessed with a lot of privilege and good fortune mm -hmm. that I had this incredible career. And yet I knew for quite a number of years that I was like, there was just, you know, I was ticking all the boxes of traditional success on the outside, but feeling quite empty on the inside. And I was ignoring that. You know, I think so many of us, we just try to tamp it down, right? Mm -hmm. So busyness is one of the busyness is a way to numb. I was drinking quite a lot as a way to numb. Um, I was, it was creating all these ways in my life that I could pretend not to know that yeah. I was out of alignment with myself. And so what ended up happening just as context for everybody is I got to a point, it was, I was at Harley for a total of six and a half years. And in the final year at Harley, I didn't know it was the final year at the time. Fair enough. <laughs> in, the in the final year at Harley, I started having this nightmare that ripped me out of my sleep. And I call the chapter, as you know, Shelly, it's the first chapter in the book. And I call it- I was crying. I just put my dog down a couple of months back of 15 years. And I'm, oh I'm listening gosh. to this going, she's having this nightmare night after night. Yeah. Tell, tell them. It's exactly. awful. Like, I called it. It is awful. And I, I, you are not the first person to say that you really related to like the, the viciousness of it. Um, but yeah, I was, I called the chapter getting woke literally because we all know like, our, our soul is trying to speak to us and it starts as a whisper and then it grows to a shout and then it tries to get, you know, your, your body and the universe to go to, to collaborate on just waking you up and yes. shaking you to say, pay attention. This is your life. And that's what happened to me. And it happened in the form of a nightmare. And what I ended up seeing, as you said, I end up going, having this kind of same journey, night after night, five plus nights a week. And where it ultimately leads me every time in the nightmare is to a really kind of dark, barren, chilly room with no windows, no decor. And I see this little, like small utility closet on the opposite side of the room. And it has a kind of a flickering light, like a very dim light. So I can see that it's a door and I get pulled like by an invisible force to this door and then to open this door. And when I open it every single time, I look down and what I see is my previously six years prior, my pug, Mocha, fat, roly poly with like all these wrinkles, like he was a big guy. He is still alive and he's on the floor and all of his wrinkles are just now this loose cloak that's spread out on the floor and he's whimpering and he can't pick up his little face and he's clearly dying and he's been neglected and somehow he's been living in this closet. 
And I, you know, I cradle him and I'm kissing his little velvet ears and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm never going to leave you again. And I wake up. Oh, I can't even imagine to be perfectly honest. I mean, everyone has nightmares, but to have that reoccurring with something that was close to you over and over again. It was wrecking me. It was wrecking me. And so I was, you know, I would literally wake up and I say, like, I was in reality. I was like, I didn't even want to open closet doors because I was like, am I a monster? Am mm-hmm. I that careless that some, some being that I loved has been alive this entire time and I forgot that he existed? Mm-hmm. And funny enough, right? So as I started digging into this, it became a real issue because I was losing so much sleep. I was drinking myself to sleep as a way to try to, you know, tamp it down and Mm -hmm. hopefully not experience that all coming up. Anyway, fast forward, I found a holistic integrative doctor who was part of the Harley executive program and he introduced me to meditation. And honestly, so I was 45 years old. I'd never done meditation before. Mm. And so he introduced me to this. And as I got deeper into meditation and made it a daily practice, and we're only talking 15, 20 minutes a day. He was like, and I started with the Headspace app because I wanted some guided meditation. I didn't know how to do this on my own. What I ended up seeing and hearing was this repeating pattern of words. It was, Mm. listen to me, love me, nurture me, feed me. And what I started to see as a result of it made me realize that seeing Mocha was a proxy for seeing my soul and my soul calling out to me and saying like, feed me, nourish me, nurture me, love me, and experience your truth. Yes, that is hard to think that was all inside you and it's just dying. While you present this fabulous picture to the world that you've got it all together and you do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear. And this is why I wrote the book as messy as I wrote the book. And I wanted to show my insides because so often we compare our insides to other people's outsides. Yo, absolutely. And I wanted to say it wasn't perfect, but you know what? At the time, the Facebook, Instagram, social media version of it looked perfect. Of course it did. I was this badass wearing leather jackets and skinny jeans and high heels and riding motorcycles around the world. <laughs> of course it looked amazing. And at the time, I didn't really have the emotional intelligence, the skill set, the courage to say, I need help. I need to dig deeper into what's really going on here. But once I realized that, I realized that I did not want to waste another minute in my life not digging deeper to understand, well, what is that truth? Mm -hmm. What is that essence? And what is this bigger calling? Because I knew I was good at marketing. And, you know, there's a lot that I loved about the role that I was in. At the same time, it was so clear to me that I was missing something and it was a chance for me to reconnect. And at the time, I thought I had to leave my job in order to find myself. Okay. And now I know that the journey of Soulbatical is not about leaving your job. And it very much is about finding yourself. It's a way of being that says, what does your life look like if you're living authentically and courageously and purposefully and rebelling for what matters most to you? Mm-hmm. And that's the journey that I ended up going on. Do you have regret though? You you don't think you made the wrong decision leaving. It was just, you realize now, because that's always what comes with information and education is you could have gone through this journey, perhaps staying where you were, or was that not really? Maybe not for you personally, but for someone else, could they, I like the fact that you said, I didn't know I needed, I needed help. 
Yeah. I needed to reach out. Yeah. The sh- I mean, the short answer to your question is I now understand that my calling was to leave. So I Excellent. have zero regrets. I mean, and I have zero regrets about the 26 years I spent stewarding those amazing brands. One thing that became really clear to me is, well, what would it look like to steward the most iconic brand of Shelly Paxton? You haven't spent any time. I was always behind these brands in the shadows, mm-hmm. holding them up. You know, their words were coming through my mouth. And I'm like, well, what does it look like to be that iconic brand? What does it look like to care for and nourish that brand? You know, speaking in marketing terms, because I'm a marketer. Um, So no regrets at all. And I'm so clear now that I needed to go on that journey. So for me, it was all about leaving my job in order to go, you know, sort of Joseph Campbell, right? To go deep into the cave with my torch, (laughs) face my own demons, understand who I am at the core and what my calling is, and then come back out. And now I know that my calling is to share this with everyone. My calling is to be a liberator of souls and help other beautiful souls on this same journey to create their own life and understand what does their life look like if it's more authentic, more courageous, and more on purpose Mm -hmm. for them. And the beautiful thing for me is there are as many flavors of sabbatical as there are humans on the planet. And that's why I love this. And believe me, I didn't understand that. When I left, I was like, oh, chief soul officer and sabbatical are these creative handles for me to provide people so they understand why I'm leaving this sexy job, right? right? And including my own family. Yeah, you don't get much edgier than Harley Davidson. I'm sorry. I know, I know, exactly, right? I mean, Harley was surprised. My family was surprised. My friends in my professional network were surprised. Most of them, as I say in the book, thought I was batshit crazy. So I was like, okay, how can I help people understand that there's a deeper meaning and like a gravitas to Mm -hmm. what I'm doing? And I didn't really even understand it. I just, I felt it. I knew I needed to take that stuff step forward and give myself that space and invest in the possibility of my future self. And so that's what I did. But now I understand why. So for me, 100%, I was meant to leave my job and ultimately my corporate career Mm -hmm. to now start this chapter of my life and to lead this movement. And that gets me jazzed and like jumping out of bed every single day. Clearly. I've actually watched a couple of your interviews with uh, other guests and things you've been uh, uh, collaborating with and and that energy, you bring it to everything. I haven't seen anything of you online that doesn't have that energy constantly. And But one of the things that people uh, a lot lately, I don't know what the deal is the last few years, but there's a lot of kind of coaches and stuff out there. They're all about just walk away from it all. And now I spent 28 years in the numbers industry. I'm the numbers check in, in accounting. And it's like, okay, hang on a second here. <laughs> I'm always not the marketing filter. I'm always through the, the bills still need to be paid. And right. I have a tough time turning that filter off. I always find it fascinating that people can see that they can still go through a journey without literally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Definitely. I love your story. Definitely the right move for you. What I've done, right move for me. But there's still a lot of people out there that want to start this journey without freaking out their wives and children and everybody else to say, or husbands to say, yeah, so I'm, I'm walking away from everything right now. That usually comes from a place of desperation. Yeah. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm with you, right? It's a very, very personal decision. 
it's a decision for each individual, each individual with their family. Everybody has different life circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I definitely don't stand on a soapbox and say, leave your job. Sobatical is all about leaving your job and traveling the world because my discovery, especially as you know, I talk in the book about how I thought I have wanderlust, right? I've had it for a long, long time. And I thought, well, traveling the world is going to help me find myself. And then I suddenly realized it's like, oh, the power of place can feed the soul, but it yes. can't fix it. No. That's our work to do. So here's the guidance I have for listeners. In whatever situation you're in right now, mm -hmm. take this time to create space for yourself and get quiet. I call it finding your soul signal. Finding that signal inside. There's so much noise in our world. Tune that noise out and get focused. Find that signal and just listen to it. Listen to it deeply. What is your soul trying to tell you? Ask it questions and just get like, that's what's ultimately going to help guide us through any storm. That's what's going to guide us in what's the next right step for me mm -hmm. to make. And it's going to be different for each one of us. So doing that as a first step in getting in relationship with yourself, reconnecting with yourself is always the first step. Okay. Where do you take them for there? Because you have some really good tips in the book yeah. about kind of reigniting the soul and what you get excited about. And people... People need to be on, uh, to have purpose. Um, yes. Just recently, uh, I watched a TED talk and actually I'm taking her writing course, uh, Terry Trespicio. She's a marketer and writer. And she did this thing on passion, that passion is not something you go out and find. It's something you bring to everything in your life. And I just so related to that. It's like, you know, I have a passion about red wine, but I don't really want a career in it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have a great seller. I have an education in wine. In fact, I love it so much. Um, I, I don't want to make a living in that. So you kind of had that same sort of take on things is finding what's inside and then reigniting that. Whatever that might look for you. And I love that you're so focused on the different for everybody. That's how I feel too when I'm teaching high functioning habits everyone's unique in that aspect. Yes. So how, how can people reignite that in their life? Well, here's another. Okay. So now you're reconnected with that little voice yep. inside. It's guiding you. It's the best GPS system you'll ever have. I promise you. The second piece is get really, really clear on like what lights you up. So this is a perfect segue from that conversation about passions, because I talk about passions and purpose in the book as well. But start here. Don't make this complicated. Start um, with a blank sheet of paper, whether it's on your computer or just a piece of white paper in front of you from the printer. Okay. Draw a line down the middle. And on the left-hand column, entitle it Soul Fuels. These are the things that light your soul up. So Soul Fuels, these are things that light you up, that they are your passions. They give you energy. And you can probably do these things for hours on end without even knowing that, you know, those hours have passed, right? Brilliant. Time just goes by. Yeah. The, the column on the right, we call soul sucks. So these are the things oh, that, that drain your energy. These are the things that really you're probably doing out of obligation or guilt or because you think you should, should, which we'll get into more because this is the shackles of should. So many of us are, believe me, I'm still like, I still find myself using the language, even though I've tried to coach myself out of it. 
like, oh, I should do that. And it's like, wait a second. If you find yourself using that language, it's like, why? So anyway, coming back to this exercise, that's, a, that's so these are people, places, things, activities in, in both columns. So okay. here's what I want you to do. Once you create those two columns, grab a pen or a pencil what, or just start typing, give yourself 10 minutes stream of consciousness on each column, no judgment, no editing. Don't try to, you know, don't try to think through all of it. Just see what comes through you because I promise you it's going to be surprising what comes through. So 10 minutes on soul fuels, 10 minutes on soul sucks. And then when you've done that, just sit back, sit back and look at those two lists and just take them in. Look at which list is longer. Mm. What surprises you? What inspires you? What do you wish you had more of and less of? You know, start just asking those questions and, and let yourself observe. Again, no judgment, just let yourself observe. But usually what comes out of this is a really powerful foundation. This is another way of doing a life audit, right? For what do I want more of and what do I want less of? I mean, to be honest, going through this whole pandemic, mm -hmm. I think many of us have gotten at least clearer, if not crystal clear, on what really matters to us. Oh, absolutely. That we want to leave behind forever. So it's like, oh, great. Let the old normal be the old normal because I don't want that stuff coming back into my life. Here's what I want more of as we you know, open this next chapter. And we have the power and the choice to create this next chapter. So think about your, your lists in that same way. Okay. So what do you want to start getting? What do you want to prune out so you can create more space for what lights you up? And this gets to the energy management piece too, right? Because this is Loved all that. energy. It's giving us more energy. Let's do fewer things that are draining our energy and more things that are fueling our energy. And it's just a nice way to start to look at life and our, you know, our perceived obligations. So that's, a, that's one of my favorite exercises. How did you quiet the voice of doubt in your head? That... Uh, when you say, you say, do the, do the list and then sit back. And then our natural inclination is to mind chatter away. Yeah. Did yeah. you have something special, like something specific that helped you through that process? I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, so we all, I mean, we have this every day, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the chatter, the chatter. Um, you know, I, I would, I would say my guidance on that would be just to be present in the moment with that list, be present with what you're reading, being present with what's coming up. And you know what, if those things come up, just say, oh, okay, thank you. Right. That's, that's my ego, right? That's my ego talking to me. Thank you for weighing in. Thanks for sharing your opinion. I'm going to go back to these lists because I'm really curious and getting curious I find helps me get out of that, that like the spin cycle of yes. doubt. I call it my gerbil wheel. Gerbil wheel, I call it like the spin cycle because I keep Absolutely. thinking about like what my washing machine yep. does. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so it's getting present and getting curious to me are two ways of like getting out of our heads and just sort of into what we're experiencing in the moment. So really just allow yourself to experience that list and get curious about it. I like the curious part. I'm, you yeah. know, I, I just, I love knowledge. So I'm always, yeah, digging for, yeah, just digging for it all the time. And people forget, they just forget to sit quietly. Almost every kid in my life has heard Auntie Shelley say, only boring people are bored. 
because oh being, my gosh, I love it. <laughs> isn't that great? My godchildren have heard it. My nieces and nephews have all heard it because they're all get to an age at some point where they come and, you know, tag on you in a seat going, I'm bored. They're visiting. I'm bored. I said, really? <laughs> because that's not, no, you're not really. Yeah. We get so used to just inundated with something and information and whatever that we forget to just be with ourselves. And I'm not bored when I'm with myself. I'm oh having my quiet time. That's not boring time. That's just quiet time. I love that you I love that you said that because one of my favorite things I, I've definitely been on a soapbox about this recently, especially oh, as we've been in quarantine. I have been saying lean into boredom. And I'm saying it in a cheeky ah, way mm -hmm. because it's like if you feel bored, okay, well then let's start to talk about creation over consumption. Right. Let's start to talk about what you can do when you start to feel bored? What can you, what talents or gifts can you share with the world? What new habit can you create? What new thing do you want to learn? What do you want to practice? So lean into boredom in Excellent. the sense that, man, there's so much there, but it takes digging a couple layers deeper. Like I'm, I'm a geek about neuroscience. I don't know a lot of it, but ever since my dad had his strokes, which I also mm -hmm. talk about in the yes. book, I have wanted to understand more about the brain and it's also helpful in my coaching, right? There's a Absolutely. tight correlation between mm -hmm. those things. And so I've used a lot of the time during quarantine, I've been busy and working, but I have also wanted to dig deeper into courses that are helping me better understand the brain and neuroscience so I can bring more of that into the world. And I'm like, okay, well, this is perfect because I don't have social engagements outside. So yeah. I'm going to lean into, I'm also one of those people like you, I'm never, I'm never bored, but <laughs> leaning into boredom for me was like, I'm going to lean into neuroscience. So I took a Yale course and another Good one called you. the Mastermind Institute, which a friend of mine is running. And it's been really fun. So yeah, and, and I've been creating quite a lot as well. So that's my little tip for people. Lean Excellent. into that, right? If you feel bored, ask yourself that question. You know, what can I be creating? What can I be learning or sharing? And a lot of times we don't do it because we're scared or it feels like mm -hmm. hard work or it feels uncomfortable, but that's always where the growth is. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, listeners, I hope you're listening <laughs> because it's really the opposite of what's the other one. Um, it's just serving me. You're focusing on the be present and, and see what's going on. That's not boredom. It's just quietness uh, versus, the, uh, versus the other. So what would your, give us, I mean, your book's about being the CEO, the chief soul officer of your life. How do you do that? Oh, soul <laughs> officer of your life. I could talk to you for like 1,000 words or less. <laughs> I know, exactly. I know. That's why that was my sigh. My sigh was like, I always have a hard time editing myself with this question because I'm like, oh my God, I could literally do a three hour podcast on this topic alone, partially because it gets me like all jazzed. And we'll have um, you back. Yes, <laughs> give us okay. your, can they give us your number one? The, the, okay, my number one, my very favorite is we give ourselves permission. And I think especially as women, this is something that we struggle with, yes. right? So yes. my kind of christening myself with this title of chief soul officer was like, oh, okay. In order to have a responsibility to this title, because I was so title sensitive at the time, right? I'm leaving this big title and now I'm like, right. oh, okay, okay. I've got a title to hold on to. I knew in order to uphold my responsibilities to that title, that I really had to go inward 
and find that little voice, reconnect mm-hmm. with it, listen to my soul, even if it was telling me inconvenient truths, <laughs> which it was. I don't want to hear that right now. I don't want to hear that right now. So the first step for me was like, I'm giving myself permission to do that. And now okay. I play out permission in everyday life. I start every morning. I was just going to show you. I, I have these. Oh, here, here's at least one. So I know not everybody can see these, but I have orange post-it notes. So orange is my color, as Shelly now knows, because I talk about it in the book and the book is orange. Um, I have orange post-it notes. And so one of my morning rituals is to ask myself, what do I need to give myself permission to do, feel, or not do in order to show up as my most authentic and courageous and powerful self today. Repeat that for the listeners one more time. Yeah. What do I need to give myself permission to do, Mm -hmm. feel, Mm -hmm. or not do Excellent. in order to show up as my most authentic, courageous, and powerful self today? Or even ask yourself multiple times through the day in this moment, Because sometimes how our day starts out isn't how we expect the day to go. So in this moment, what do I need to give myself permission to do, feel, or not do? And I have found, I learned that from Brene Brown, and I have found it to be a, a game changer for me, an absolute life changer. And so I associate that with being a chief soul officer because we give ourselves that permission. It's like giving ourselves that grace, that space, what we need in the moment, right? Sometimes it's, I need to ask for help, Mm -hmm. right? That's a big thing, especially for women. I think we get caught up in a lot of bit that we are just supposed to have it all handled, the homes and the work and the kids. And it's like, exactly. um, where did this image thing? Now, granted, you and I are in the same generation. So we came through the eighties with the women can have it all and do it all. And we're super women. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no. If you no, want me to go to a corporate that. job every day, a cleaner's coming to do my house because they know. need a job too. And I'm not spending my weekends doing that. Um, we just seem to think that we, we, our age bracket came out of that era going, believing this BS that we can do it all. It's like, why would you even want to? Exactly. Well, <laughs> and this is where so many of the shoulds come in, right? This is like, you know, as I say in the book, we're shooting all over ourselves. It's ridiculous. It's like, I should do this. I should do this because it comes out of these images that are like seared in our brain of like, what is the perfect mom or the perfect, you know, wife or the perfect partner or the perfect executive, all of those things. And then how do you be the perfect combination of all of those things? Of course you can't be. So permission is so, I just have found permission to be so empowering So that's number one. Yeah. Permission is so powerful. And then the second one, this is a mantra, like, honestly, you'll appreciate this because I know you, uh, you've um, probably heard me say it and you read it in the book, Shelly, but if I could develop a love note slash bumper sticker for the world, it would be authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. Perfect. is my, I which is not, like a dichotomy when you, but it's, uh-huh. but it's, it's reality. We, well, we spend all our time being something else, yeah. something we think well, the and, world wants to see. And this is like, so my whole story for anybody who will choose to, to read it or listen to it after this, my whole story is like, I was shot out of the womb as a rebel. I was rebelling against everything, my mm. parents and tradition and religion and you name it, right? I, authority was not my favorite thing, right? So I spent so much energy rebelling against and like banging my head against the brick wall constantly. And one of my epiphanies on this sabbatical journey is like, 
oh, the power and the energy and the momentum is in the rebelling four. Gotcha. And the real essence of that is actually your own truth. It's about rebelling for who you are, what mm-hmm. you want, and the impact you want to have in the world. And so I go back to this bumper sticker, authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. That is a commandment of a chief soul officer. And the real power there is asking yourself, am I living my truth? One of my favorite questions, it's in the book, and I ask mm-hmm. my clients this all the time, like, if you were living 100% true to you right now, what would change in your life? Mm. Yes. It's and, actually, it yeah. makes me sad sometimes, even in my own coaching practice, to, to see people struggle with that. With yeah. that, I, I don't know. No, you do. We just got to go dig a little bit for it, but it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, especially when we've already come through some of that and you know what's on the other side of it. You want that for everyone around oh. you, don't um, you? Oh my gosh. Yes. The, I know my my other <laughs> slightly larger bumper sticker, because I don't know how you fit it on a bumper sticker, but like a big sticker is every on the other side of fear is everything you want. Absolutely. And it's exactly what you said. And we spend uh, you know our days. This is our work, right? It's your work and it's my work. Um, but I also I also asked to the to the point that you made earlier, I will ask my clients, like if they're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I asked this question, what are you pretending not to know? Excellent. Because that's what I realized. I think I even said it as I was telling my story earlier. I realized like, oh, I knew that I was living out of alignment. I knew I was being called to do something different, but it was really scary to walk away from a sexy brand and a big title Mm -hmm. and a big paycheck and safety. Yes. Perceived safety because nothing's really certain, right? But it is a perception. Perceived certainty and safety. Yeah. yeah. And so what are you pretending not to know? So I'm I'm guessing that'll land with some of your listeners right now. So sit with that question, journal around that question, or just when you're sitting and reconnecting with yourself in that little voice inside, listen to it and just have have that question in mind. Excellent. We can't thank you enough, my listeners and and myself for being on the show today. This is just excellent information. For everyone, Audible, and uh, if I haven't mentioned already, Shelly does narrate her own book, which is spectacular because what you heard today, this is how she talks, it's how she writes, and it's very, very authentic, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet, uh, and I know you will as well. So you've got an Audible, and I'm assuming Amazon or any of the book people, if they want a hard copy. Oh yeah. And well, actually what I would tell people is Amazon or bookshop.org was created by the publishers to help indie bookstores through this challenging time. Cause you and I are recording this kind of toward the end of the pandemic or hopefully the end of the pandemic bookshop.org. They'll send you the publisher, send it to you, the book to you direct. And they have raised millions of dollars to support indie bookshops so that they can recover from this time they've been closed. So I'm a huge fan of telling, yeah. So maybe you can include that for your readers as well. So for anybody who wants the, um, 
who wants the hard copy, I would suggest going there because I know how much I love my local booksellers and I do not want them to go out of business. So I imagine others feel the same way. That's awesome. Thank you. How else yeah. can everyone reach you? I've uh, your, your Instagram accounts under the word sabbatical, right? Just like your yep. title of your book. Sabbatical and sabbatical okay. is two B's and one T and same yeah. for my website, sabbatical.com, where you can find more about, I mean, my newsletters and my writing and my coaching and all the things. So yeah. Excellent. This has been wonderful. I hope you'll come and join us again soon. I'm sure the feedback will be amazing. And uh, thank you. All my listeners, thank you so much for joining us here today. It was our pleasure to have Shelly on the show and I will catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>